Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Finance and Accounting Show. I am Lola Turner, your host, and I'm joined by Mr. Terrell Turner, my husband. We are the co-hosts of the Accounting and Finance Show, where accounting and finance meets business strategy. And today we're excited to talk to you about a topic that I think is something that every business owner has to navigate and deal, not only business owners, but also finance professionals in the space, sales team, marketing, this impacts all of us. And the question that we're going to be addressing today is, how do I know if my product is properly priced? And I'm excited to bring Terrell into this conversation because Terrell has done multiple product product profitability margin analysis, product margin analysis for our clients, not only for our clients, but also working for Fortune 500 companies. So I'm really excited to get his take on this and just letting us know different things that we need to consider when we're trying to make the decision on determining if our pricing is correct for our product. So Terrell, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> this is your show too, so yeah, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> but let's go ahead and jump right into it. So in, in, in simple terms, how would you define product pricing? Just when it comes to understanding as a business owner, like, or even as a financial professional, how would you define product pricing? Yeah, so I mean, I think product pricing is, it's, it's the process of coming up with the right price for your product. And that becomes very tricky because, you know, on one hand, you have the sales team who has the incentive to actually close the deal. And then you have, you know, the, the engineering team who has the incentive to make the product cool or to make the product work. And then on the other hand, you have, you know, I guess you'd say the, the, the leadership team who's trying to maximize profits. So you have all these different people who who have, you know, somewhat almost competing objectives, mm -hmm. because if you don't figure out kind of how to marry all of that together, what you end up with is, and this is situations that I've seen at, you know, some of the world's largest companies, you end up with a situation where the sales team is making massive discounts on the product because, you know, whether it's the engineering team has design added design features that are more than what the customer actually wants and the customer doesn't want to pay for those things but on the other hand the finance team is like no we need to include that in the price because we need to cover all the costs that we put into this so you always end up with this very you know strange thing unless you get ahead of it and you have a really good product pricing process to where you can bring everybody's input in to really come up with what makes sense for the company, what makes sense for the customer, and then also what makes sense financially. No, that's really good. And and I would have to second that. I, I have seen that happen as well at places that I've worked where I think there was a certain situation where we had, re, re, we had launched a new product, we were excited about it, selling it, raving about it or whatever. And unfortunately, the marketing team had made some assumptions about what was gonna, what was going to yield the yield that we were gonna get on the margin we were gonna get from these products. But when we started selling them, and we had already had a predetermined pricing that we were giving to our distributors that was not factored into the analysis before we launched this into the market. So we were making, I think the original expectation was that we would be making like a 35% margin on this product. We ended up basically being somewhere to like 15%. There were things that had changed in the process that weren't accounted for as they were going through the process. And so we found ourselves in a situation where basically when we started out the analysis, when we started out launching the product, we basically 
had taken and made certain assumptions. And then at the end of the process, like we, those assumptions had changed. And what ended up happening is our, ver- uh, our gross margin and our product margin was actually impacted. So that's something that I would definitely agree. Now, in your experience, this is a problem, like you said, that happens at, you know, Fortune 100, five, Fortune 500 companies, but also for mid to small businesses. What's some of the common mistakes that you've seen that kind of lead to mistakes like this, where there's a variance between maybe the expectation of, of what they thought they were going to make from selling the product versus what they actually saw? I mean, I think the first biggest mistake that I see over and over again is people just don't know how much it costs to actually, you know, make the product or to provide the product. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds basic, but you will be surprised at the number of people that you talk to and they'll tell me, like, especially when I'm working with small business, they'll say, well, this is the price that I charge. And I'll ask, well, how much does it actually cost you to to provide that? And Mm -hmm. they have no idea. So I'm like, well, how do you know if that's a good price for you or not? And, you know, and they usually don't. They're like, well, this is the first price that I came up with. And and I think that that's probably problem number one. And it gets even, you know, that even happens at bigger companies. Now, the reason why it tends to happen at bigger companies is because the people who are actually selling the product are so far removed from the people who are actually making the product that the salesperson may be sitting in a corporate office or a sales office and the products are being made by, you know, different facilities or across multiple countries or maybe in the same country, but they're not happening in the same place. So the people who are generating the cost are not talking to the salespeople. So you have this communication gap. Um, and I would say not understanding how much something costs is probably the biggest issue that I've seen when it comes down to product pricing. That's a really good point. So for someone who, and, and I think these, these apply across the board, what would your advice be to, you know, small to medium sized businesses or even financial professionals who are like, I have the ability to maybe influence and be part of the conversation initially while we're going through product launch what would be your advice? Like what type of questions, what type of things do they need to consider as they go through the process of trying to launch a new product? Yeah. So for a small business, what I would say is, I mean, if we're going to launch a new product, I mean, usually it's a small enough scale to where we can get a good idea of how much that's going to cost. I mean, (laughs) and if it's a small business, more than likely, it's going to be fairly similar to some of the other products that they have. Let's say, you know, if you're a restaurant, I mean, you're adding a new item to the menu, you're going to use probably some of the same ingredients that you have in some of your other dishes. So you will kind of already have an idea of, hey, what those items cost. So you can figure out, hey, what's the material that I'm going to need? And then also add some type of estimate for labor, because that's another big piece that a lot of people leave out is the labor that it takes to put it all together, where they may include the cost of the material, but they're not factoring in where you're going to have to pay someone to either put that together or to make the recipe, or you're going to have to pay someone to move it and ship it like You want to make sure all of that cost is in there because you're going to have to pay that cost. You just want to make sure that it's already incorporated into the price so that your business is is in a positive cash flow position because you're being funded by the sales of the product. 
That's good. That's good. So I would say, what about in a situation where you have someone, like, for example, the, the example that you gave about the restaurant, um, and I know you've worked with a lot of clients in that space, is when you think of, okay, I already have the products, I'm already selling the products, right? So it's not like I really have the ability to, I, I didn't do this due diligence before I launched it. So what would you recommend of kind of going through that process of, hey, do they, you know, do, how would you recommend that they do that? Is yeah, so there's a couple. Cat. There's a couple strategies. I mean, the first thing is let's just actually go through it. Like, okay, you didn't do it on the front end. I get it. I understand. You know, maybe your accountant that you had didn't advise you to do this on the front end. You know, hey, there's water under the bridge. Let's see what we can do now, and let's lay it out. Let's write it out. All of the what are the products that you sell, or let's just take the top five. And then let's look at what's the price that you charge for those. And then let's do a deep dive. Let's see what does it actually cost you to provide those products. And then we can kind of see what's your gross margin. And if you divide the gross margin or the gross product, gross profit by the, the revenue, you're going to get a percentage number. So you'll know kind of what percentage they fall in. So you'll be able to see which ones are low, which ones are high. Now, if there are some that are the margin is too low, what we can then look at is, well, what if we took the price up by, let's say, you know, at, you know, 10%. Typically, if you're, you know, you're doing kind of numbers like, like a 10% increase, that's usually something customers can usually afford to pay or customers can stomach. Or if you run into a situation and you say, well, you know, customers are not willing to pay any more for this, then mm -hmm. I would say, okay, Let's do a little bit deeper and let's figure out what features our customer do the customers really, really want and what features can they live without. And if yeah. there are some features that they can live without, let's take those out of the base level product and give them just the basic level of what they want because by taking some of those features away it's gonna you know bring the cost down which is gonna allow you to you know improve your margin and then if there are some customers who really really like those features just create a you know let's say you have a base version you have a medium version and you have a premium version so then you can actually upcharge for those extra features and the customers who really want those more than likely they'll be able to afford to pay the upcharge and that way you start to kind of fix something that you know that you didn't catch before you launched the product but you can start getting smart about you know being able to improve your margin without losing your customers that's really good now is there a certain percentage of gross margin that you would recommend i, I know it varies depending on the industry but to you i guess across maybe like let's say with a restaurant what would you consider to be a healthy margin in terms of their their products overall yeah so for some of the restaurants that i've worked with i mean on the on the gross margin side you know it's something like you know 60%. Um, and then, it, you know, and pretty much, I mean, what that simply means is you take the price of your food minus the cost of the food, whatever's left over is the gross profit. And you want to make sure there's enough gross profit to cover 
your employee calls to cover mm-hmm. the rent, to cover like the cleaning, all the other operating expenses. You want to make sure there's enough gross profit being created that you can cover all those expenses and have something left over at the bottom line for the owners of the business. So one of the things I've seen with some restaurants, it's 60%. Um, and then also with some marketing um, agencies that I've seen, their gross margin can be something like, you know, um, you know, the the 50% range uh, or mid 50s is kind of what I've seen. Now, when you get to like companies like SaaS companies or tech companies, you know, you're looking at like, you know, 80, 70 and above. If they're really advanced SaaS companies, you're looking at 80 plus. I mean, because the idea of a software as a service company is that, you know, the once the software is created, you can sell it to like, for example, like with Netflix. I mean, it's not like every time you add a new subscriber to Netflix, you have to incur additional costs. So mm-hmm. their margin, their gross margin should be really high because they create the product once. And they just give a new customer access. So the more customers you get, the more that gross margin goes up when you're a SaaS company. No, that's really good. So I, I think that's a that's a really good example, a really good point. So thank you for that. The other thing I that I like that you mentioned is just really thinking about the fact that your your PL doesn't stop or your income statement doesn't stop at your gross margin. <laughs> you have a bunch of other costs that you need to consider when it comes to running your business that you need to account for, because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that your, your profit and loss statement is actually profitable and that you're making money and not losing it. And then you can take that money and put it back into the business. Another thing that I would say, just as an example, so if I just kind of go down the list, what are some, because I think there is sometimes confusion between um, what actually is considered part of my product cost. And it may vary depending on what industry you're in. So I just want to go through like a couple of examples. And if you could just tell me in those specific industries, what are some of your mm-hmm. quote unquote product or services costs that would be associated with that uh, industry? So if we start, for example, with restaurants, so what would you say are your product costs related to what you're providing? Yeah, so I would say the actual cost of the food, um, whatever shipping delivery costs related to the food. Um, and then I would also say, you know, all of the, the ingredients that go into the recipe. Um, and also, I personally would include the cost of, you know, the cooks, the ones that are actually making the food. Mm-hmm. I would include all of that cost into the cost of the actual product. Got it. Got it. Okay. What about in like a SaaS situation? situation? I know you just talked about um, with in that space. Yeah. So in a SaaS um, business, I mean, of course, the the hosting, um, whether you're using, you know, whatever you whatever web or, or server space you're using to host the software, um, I would definitely say whatever. Um, if you have, let's say you have a, a product delivery team like that team, their job is to get the product to the to the customers mm-hmm. or their job is to install the product on the customer system. Um, I would also say your customer support team, like the people who are actually there helping, you know, constantly troubleshooting the, the the product to make to keep it operational. Like so those people that are doing doing that. Um, and then I would also say, 
you know, if there are any other, like say, you know, ancillary costs that are directly related to making sure the product can run for your customers, all of that I would put into cost of cost of goods sold. Okay. And then the last one I have is what about if you own a marketing firm? What would be some of those costs affiliated with the creation of your your services in this case or product? Yeah. So for a marketing firm, I would say, I mean, again, if you're if you're hosting uh, your your clients data on some type of server mm-hmm. um, that's directly tied to the product, um, not necessarily the, you know, your personal server to back up your company's data, but things that are directly related to the customer. Um, if you're paying outside contractors to do, whether it's graphic design work or whether it's, you know, marketing agency or whether it's, um, you know, videography, any of that stuff, you're paying them to work directly on customer products, then I would include that. And then I would also include when you look at your internal staff, if you have, you know, employees that their job is directly tied to working on client facing material or Mm -hmm. client facing products, I would include those employees in your cost of in your cost of the product because you know, in order for you to be able to deliver the end product to the customer, you need those people and you have to pay those people. And they're unlike, you know, the people who do like business development and back office stuff. But I would say anyone that is tied directly to delivering the end product to the customer, I would put those in the cost of the product. All right. That's good. Okay. Um, Another, I guess, a subset question. I I did say that was the last question. So think about this as the last one, a subset of the last one. What would you say like in a marketing, and I was actually thinking about this as we were talking, if I have a marketing company, are the ad expenses part of like the promotions, ads I'm doing running, are those technically part of, are those still part of like a selling expense or would those, could those be considered at, could those be considered part of the product in certain situations? Now, I personally, I would put them in, um, in the, the product cost because if the contract says that, hey, as a part of this contract, you know, we're giving the customer, we're, we're advertising, the, we're paying for the customer's ads. So in theory, what you're in the, what you're going to do is you're just going to add the price of those ads to the contract price. So mm-hmm. really, the customer is paying you. You're just kind of like the middle person that's managing it. Mm-hmm. But so I would include it in your the cost of the product if, like I said, you're doing the advertising on their behalf. Got it. No, that makes sense. All right. Thank you, Terrell. That was very informative. Any last words on product pricing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like I said, it, it can never, I can never overstate. And I've done a ton of different podcasts that I've been on. And one of the questions they ask about, you know, how, what's one way to improve profitability? And I always say a gross margin analysis. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's something that I work with a lot of businesses on from, you know, some of the world's biggest companies down to, you know, some of the, you know, the, the smaller businesses, the, the, the independent owned small businesses is doing a gross margin analysis because anytime that I have done that, I would say, well, not anytime, let me say 95% of the time that I do that analysis for them, when we go through it, they take a step back and say, oh, wow, 
I've been selling the wrong product because what they start realizing is the product that they thought they should have been selling is actually the lower margin product. And there are some other higher margin products that like, hey, if you just advertise this one more or you put more energy into this one, you would immediately drive the profitability of your business up. And when they start looking at it that way and they start thinking that way, that's where they really start to see a lot of progress and a lot of growth when they start really breaking down their gross margin analysis. So it's something that a lot of a lot of businesses hire me to do a gross margin analysis for them because they see the value when you actually had that data in their hands. That's good. That's good insight. And yeah, that wraps up our episode on product pricing. Thank you guys so much for checking out another episode of the accounting of the finance and accounting show until next time.